Hello. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of BJ and the Battle Cruiser. <clears throat> We're not in the pub again, so it's just going to be me and my thoughts. Um, wow, a lot to uh, dissect, a lot to cover from the Invitational on Friday. It was... It was just an amazing day, really. We had 23-man field. Um, and, you know, where, where do I start? I'll start with the course. Um, Isla Purbeck was something that I was looking forward to for two, two years. We booked it start of uh, 2019. So, you know, we kind of felt like it was one that we were just building up to, that we were leading on to. Um, and for me, did it, did it deliver? Yes and no. Uh, let's, you know, let's get out, of, get out of the way. The condition of the course wasn't great. The fairways and the greens, were, you know, the greens were quite bumpy. Um, the fairways I knew going in were going to be a little bit ropey. Um, I knew, you know, it's a national trust site. There's certain things they can and can't do to the fairway. Uh, for maintenance so I knew going in it wasn't the fairways weren't going to be great I expected them to be better than what they were there was literally no grass covering at all on the fairways Um, we played pick and place and preferred lies of course Um, so yeah the the fairways and the greens were disappointing the greens were very slow which I don't have a problem with slow greens I put better on slow greens but you know they were they were quite bumpy and, and a bit hairy, but all in all, did I enjoy it? Yeah, I fucking I fucking loved it. I loved the just a different challenge. You know, I didn't play well. I didn't expect to play well, but I just everywhere you looked, there was just an amazing view. You know, the view from the fifty was just unbelievable. Really, I just you just couldn't believe it. It was for aesthetic and views. I haven't played a prettier golf course, you know. I'm just just a shame that the greens and the fairways weren't in better, better nick, because I think people would have enjoyed it. Um, you know, I know there was a few criticisms of the conditioning of the course, and that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, on the whole, it was a successful day. Where 23 players go to Swanage, some got the ferry. You know, you know when people are getting the ferry, it's a major championship. Um, it was a great day. It was a great day. We had a worthy winner, of course, Johnny Caldwell. He's been knocking on the door for years now, so I'll go into go into a bit more later in the the pod on Johnny's win. It was a great day, you know. I think more or less people enjoyed it. I think it was. I think I done a tweet on the BGA social media saying it was rugged, beautiful, and treacherous. It was very hard, you know. If you hit, if you went offline, you were in gorse, you would lost your ball. You know, it was it was demanding. It was a test. Um, I think you look at the leaderboard; only three people finished under par out of 23. So I expected that. I knew it was going to be tough, um, but nonetheless, the conditioning, our stress, was poor. But on the whole, I I enjoyed it. You know, I always knew Isle of Perfect was going to be a one and done type of venue. I knew it was going to be what you know. It's a long way to go, 100 miles. Um, I don't expect, you know, it was a one-off, um, a lot, you know, 
looking throughout the week, we got lucky with the weather. You know, if, if the weather had, you know, driving all that way and maybe it getting cooled off, that was just, would be a complete disaster. So I'm pleased we've got through the day unscathed. You know, we had a few people arriving quite late towards the tea time, noticeably Matt Jones, who uh, I've never seen Jones so riled up. Uh, he called me a cunt uh, because I was asking where he was, which is very unlike him, obviously a gentleman. But on the whole, the day went off without any problems, which I was grateful for. Um, so that's kind of perfect, kind of out of the way. Um, it was, it is our biggest, our flagship major championship. I felt like it had that feel to it. It had the feel of, you know, it was a once a once in a lifetime type of event for the BJ Tour. You know, we, I think on reflection, would I put the invitational back at a course that's so far away? Uh, maybe not. You know, I think I think a lot of people found driving all that way on one day stressful to then get back. You know, it's a long day. Me and my dad set off at 7 a.m. We didn't get back till half seven, and my dad still had to do 70 miles after he dropped me off to get back to Toaster. So it's a long way to go. Um, long way to go. Uh, but the views, in my opinion, were worth it. The conditioning of the course wasn't. Um, but maybe going forward, if you know, if we host, you know, we put more. I think it's difficult, really, to be too critical of Perbeck because you don't know what situation they've gone through during, you know, COVID-19. How many green staff have they had furloughed? You know, how much maintenance staff have they had available to keep the course nice? Then you put into account the National Trust site issues where they're not allowed to do certain things to the fairway. So I don't even think they're allowed to water their fairways. So it's it's difficult, you know. I think you just have to take it for what it is. It's a unique challenge. It's a type of golf course that I don't think we'll ever play again. And we had a worthy winner. You know, you had a true winner. You didn't have someone fluke it off 25, 26 handicap, who is a bandit and doesn't have a very strong handicap. We had a, we had a strong winner, you know, a popular winner. And on the whole, that's how I judge it. Was it a success? Yes, it was a good day. Um, just think, you know, the condition of the course could have been better. But it is what it is. We move on. We say thanks to Isla Perbeck. Uh, like I said, we always knew it was a one-and-done course. We weren't, we weren't going to be going back there. It's too far to keep going back there every year and expect people to do the drive. But I'm pleased. I'm pleased we went there. I'm pleased we experienced it. Uh, then that view on the 50, wow, it was just, it, I just literally, what a view from that 50, you know, what a golf hole really, um, stunning, stunning, um, sorry, I'm just having a sip of coffee, so, you know, where do we start really, um, in terms of the review of the field, Invitational for me is always the biggest, it's the biggest event each year, it's the one, like I said on the preview show, it is the one that gave birth to the BGA Tour in 2003, just a young kid from Sunbury who just wanted to do a golf tournament for his birthday and now look how we've grown 18 years later, you know, and that's, the Invitational is what birthed all of this, that's why the Invitational is the most special that's why every year now, going forward from this year to next, I will look to put the Invitational at the best courses, you know. Look at next year, we're going to Hindhead. That's 
I'm really excited for that one. But yeah, it's the biggest one. We had a strong field. We had all the big names playing. Um, defending champion Tom Biffin, he'll be disappointed with his 2020 Invitational. He got off to a poor start. I think he had no points through two holes. Um, he finished tied 13th, which for Biff is, is disappointing. He's got to go back to the drawing board. You know, he's had a good season, though. He's still qualified for the playoffs. Um, he's had a tie, I think he's had a tied fifth, a tied second, and a, and a tied 13th. So for anyone else, that's a good season. But for Tom Biffin, former world number one, that's not. Biffin plays for the Ws, he plays for the wins. He'll look back at this season and think, I've not won a major championship. That's disappointing for him. I think most people would bite your hand off for his season. Tied fifth, tied second, tied 13. Easily qualifies for the playoffs, um, which he's obviously a member at Sutton Green, so you like his chances. Um, but yeah, Biffin just never got it going. You know, he talked a lot of smack beforehand to Jones. And after three, four holes, he was just out of the tournament. You know, I don't know if the pressure got to him, but I'm not sure it does. He's a four-time major champion. He's won the invitation three times. He just couldn't get it going, really. Just one of those days he'll look forward to uh, and not back because that's the champion that he is. Uh, Matt Jones, obviously two-time invitation champion coming into Perbeck. Um, He kind of got it going. I think at one point he was one under. He kind of hovered around there for a bit. Uh, he finished in sixth place ultimately, and obviously for Jones, he's another one. If he doesn't win, it's a disappointing event for him. I think he would have looked at Perbeck. He's played it before. Um, you know, it's a tight golf course. It's not very long, but it's just there's just there's just shit everywhere. Heather, Gorse, you know. So I think Jones. I really fancy Jones to win. So, and I know what Jones is like. He probably fancied himself to win. So he'll probably be disappointed coming six. Um, but moves forward, you know, it's been a solid year for Jones. Again, he's another one that if you offered his year to most people, they would say, yeah, that's a solid year. But for Matt Jones, he's used to winning. He's used to winning titles. He's used to winning majors. He'll be disappointed, but he's still in the world match place. So he's still got a lot to play for. Um, he's not, he qualified for the playoffs, but he's not playing in the playoffs due to a scheduling clash. Um, so, Jones has still got a lot to play for. You know, he's defending his world match play. He's still in the quarterfinal. Uh, he's going to play Chris Rooney, so we wish him well on that one. Um, who else, really? Myself. Disappointing day again. But, you know, I won't bore you all. What, what do I expect? I don't practice. I don't put the hard yards in. I don't put the grind in. It's just, it is what it is. Um, I hit some nice shots. I made some pars. But just, just so inconsistent, you know. It's just, it's a shocking feeling when you have an eye, a seven iron or an eight iron in your hands, and you're actually no clue where it's going to go. Whether it's going to be a shank, whether it's going to be a duck hook, it's just, it's just madness at the moment. But I'm not going to fucking bore myself with it. It is what it is. I'm the president of this fucking thing, and and I just don't give a fuck really about. The, the playing aspect anymore. I've got my titles and and it is what it is. No one can take my career away from me. Um, who else? Notable Craig Martin. We'll, we'll give a shout out to Craig Martin. He uh, came dead fucking last. Disappointing for the Travellers champ. You know, I didn't think he was going to win it. I don't think anyone thought he was going to win it, but uh, you know, Craig's obviously won last year on tour. 
and I expected him to come at least halfway, you know, a top 15. I think the day went downhill for him when he turned up in his Celtic green, you know. He has to look back at that and think, is that where it went wrong, you know. Um, disappointing day for, for Craig Martin, but he'll be back. Uh, who else? Notable shout-outs, notable shout-outs. Um, a top five finish for Paul Bennett. You know, Dad's got to be happy with that. You know, he had he had a chance. He was two under at one point. But, you know, he was two under through, I don't know, nine, ten holes. And then it kind of fizzled, fizzled out on the back nine. The major championships, not nine holes, it's 18 holes. You know, Perbeck, very demanding course. Hilly, you know, separates the men from the boys on the back nine, unfortunately. And um, my dad will be pleased, you know. He did enough just to creep in the playoffs which was his target, I think, at the start of the day. He probably targeted it. He needed a top two finish, and he come fifth, and then obviously due to a few people not being able to make it, he's he's managed to um, to creep in. So he's got to be happy with his day's work. You know, obviously, he nearly died at Moore Park with heat stroke. He's carried off in the 11th hole. We've gone through it. He's on a medical buggy. You know, he's on the ventilator. It was tough to see him like that, really. But for him to bounce back and two weeks later get a top five in the Invitational... He's got to be pleased with that. He's got to be happy. He's got to be content. His game's got to be feeling good going into the playoffs. You know, I'd like my dad to win. He's won the playoffs in 2017, so he's got pedigree in the event. You know, he's uh, playing Sutton Green, which, you know, uh, incline-wise, it's not it's not too demanding. Um, so I think he'll do well at Sutton Green. But, yeah, a good invitation for dad. He'll be, go- he'll be leaving... Perbeck with plenty of confidence. Um, Adam Hunt, Adam Hunt with a you know, Hunt he, he's having a good se- he's having a sneakily good season to be fair. You know he's in the quarterfinals of the world match play and he's playing Joel, who is no disrespect to Joel, probably not playing the best golf of his career. Um, and Adam's made the quarters. He's just had a fourth at the Invitational, of course. That I'm not sure anyone would really pick him to to do much on really um but it was good to see adam back you know in the top five he you know that's where he deserves to be he's won two majors he's he's it was good to see him up there you know he didn't he never really threatened the lead or he never looked like he was gonna but that's got to be good for his confidence you know adam's got a good record the invitational he's obviously 2016 champion um so it, it was pleasing to see him up there and see him mixing it in the biggest events again, you know, he's got to give him a lot of confidence going forward and we wish Adam luck. Uh, in fourth position, who was fourth? Who the fuck was fourth? I don't know, I'm probably disrespecting. So, oh, fourth was Dog, I just said it, didn't I? Fucking hell. Yeah, so sixth was Jonesy, fifth was my dad, fourth was uh, Adam Hunt, aka Big Dog. Um, third, Mike Arnott. Where'd you start with Mike Arnott? He's, uh, what a year he's had. Fuck me. He's come first in the TPC, first in the Masters, and he was going into the Invitational looking to become the only man to win the Grand Slam. All right? And I'm not being rude. After 10 holes, when he had a two-shot lead, and he was three under, I think he got to at one point, the fucking Grand Slam was on. I kept looking at VPAR thinking, holy shit, if he does this... I don't know. I'd have to probably change the BJ logo to his swing or something. It's 
It's mad what he's done. First, first, and third in the majors. You know, he's world number one, and rightly so. He's, you know, and no one can argue with it. No one can fucking moan or bicker about handicaps because guess what? At the start of last year, he started a full team. Then I cut him a shot for TPC. Then I cut him a shot for Masters. Then I cut him a shot for Invitational. He's been cut every fucking time based on his performances. And he just seems to step up another gear time after time. It's mad, really. His first year last year, obviously Rookie of the Year. You know, no wins. He just thought, fuck it. I'm not content with just being Rookie of the Year and fucking off. He's made that next step. He's made that next level. You know, it's he plays a lot. He fucking plays all the fucking time. You know, every time I check my Instagram, it's a story of him just at a different golf course every day playing, drinking a bottle of Australia. You have to respect that. You have to respect the grind. That's the only way you get results in this game, on this tour, is by consistently putting the time in, consistently putting the work in. You know, his work effort is second to none. And that is why he's, he's a two-time major champion. And he's, his worst result in a major this year is third. How mad's that? What a year he's had, you know? And it's not over. It's not fucking over for Arnold. Yes, he didn't get the Arnie slam. Fair fucks. He didn't do it. But he came fucking close. But he's going to playoffs. Yeah, he's been cut another shot. But he won't care. Sutton Green. He won't care. He seems like Mike, he, play, he just, whatever golf course, he's just consistent. He's so consistent. He's going to come top three at the playoffs. That's He's going to come top three. You know, he's, he's leading the order of merit by an absolute mile. He's just racking up the accolades this year. He really, he's already got the player of the year sewed in the bag, even if Johnny Codd wins the playoffs. Look, at, look what Arnie's done at the start of the year. Won the TPC at a field of 35, won the Masters at Max Place with a field of 30, and then come third at the Invitational. It's just it's just mad the year he's had. It's probably the best, it's the best year ever in BJ history. It's unprecedented what he's done. There's not enough words I can put in to what Arnie's done this year. And like I said, it ain't fucking over. He's got the playoffs this Saturday, which he's going in as one of the favourites. And then he's still in the world match play, where he's playing James Hunt, where you have to say he's heavy favourite. Even with the cut, he's heavy favourite. You know, the world match play is shaping up for a Jones-Arnott final, and I don't hate to see it. And that's no disrespect to everyone that's still in the world match play, but... That's the final the fans want to see. Jones Arnott. No disrespect. No one wants to see a Felser fucking Pope. No offence. No, I shouldn't say that about Joe. He's a major champion and he's, you know, that's disrespectful. But no one wants to see Brett Felser in the world, the world match play final. And that I'm including Brett's wife. She probably don't even want to see it. She wants to see Jones Arnott as well. And that's no disrespect to Adam or anyone else that's in the world match play. But that would be pay-per-view. That would be box office. Anyway, slightly going off the point there. I've probably pissed a few people off. But just think of the content. Content would be fire. Third, uh, so that's third place, Mike Arnold. Congrats. Another great event for him. In second spot, it's probably the second most consistent player of the year. George Vincent. I mean, George is, you know, world number two. Haven't done the updated rankings yet from the week, from Friday. Going to be doing them today, along with the fantasy and playoffs final positionings before the uh, playoffs. But George uh, George Arnold? Who the fuck's that? George Vincent. What a performance this year. I think he's had a tied third. 
at the TPC. He's had a tied eighth at Matt's place. And he's had a second at the Invitational. I mean, you know, he won on debut last year when he won the Travellers. And you thought, okay, is he a flash in the pan? Is he a one-hit wonder? Well, no is the answer. Because he's just churning out result after result. Like he don't give a fuck. He is consistent. And I think it's only a matter of time before he wins, you know, a singles tour title. He's got the BJ Tour title with the Travellers. But that was with Craig Barton. That was in... You know, it's the difference between winning that and winning the playoffs or winning a major is fucking chalk and cheese. It's just it's a different step up. You know, the travellers, it's nice, it's friendly, it's cosy. But guess what? It's not It's not the playoffs. It's not the invitational on the back nine. I think George has got what it takes. He's obviously a good golfer. He's another one that he started on tour and every event he seems to be in cut. And he just shrugs it off. He doesn't fucking moan like, you know, Ollie Phipps does. About his handicap, he just gets on with it, he accepts it, seems to work hard in his game, seems to just be so consistent, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if George wins the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a major in 2021, he's, you know, even though George played at the Travellers last year, this officially counts as his rookie season, you know, unless Cripsy, Harry Cripps goes and wins the playoffs, you have to say George Vincent has been rookie of the year so far. You know, Cripps, he's had a good year. He's qualified for the playoffs. Fair play. No one expects that at the start of the year. But George's season has been so consistent, so strong. I think he has to capitalise on it. You know, he's got he's got this event left. He's already knocked out of the world match play. And obviously, we've got the President's Cup, which is obviously a team event. So, he's got one, he's got one more opportunity, one more shot to win a singles tour title this year. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he does win. I wouldn't be surprised if he does win that. He uh, seems to have the temperament, seems to have the game, he's improving, he's keen, has the work ethic. Wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised. So, fair play to George. Great year. And I think he'll win a major next year, I really do. I think, um, I just think, I just, he's obviously just taken to the tour like duck to water. He's not phased. This is the big time, you know. And he's just come on on debut one. And then he's backed that up with just an incredible, consistent year. Great playing. And um, he's going to be happy with his year. So that moves me on to the winner. Um, obviously, Johnny Codd, a.k.a. Greenock's favourite son, or Greenock, however the fuck you say it. I'm not sure. It's spelled Greenock, so we'll say... But then it, I don't know, it sounds more Scottish to say Greenock. Um... Johnny Codd won, you know, by three points. He coming down the 18th and he knew he'd won. He had, a 30, he had 39 points coming down 18. And obviously clubhouse lead was George Vincent 38. What an amazing feeling, you know. I think Johnny said he didn't check a leaderboard all day. Um, it was only up until he hit his approach shot into 18. I went and congratulated him. He said, what have I won? I said, yes, Johnny, you're an invitational champion. I said, welcome to the club. You know, no, no matter what happens in your career, no matter what happens in your life, no one can take the fact that you've won the invitation away. You know, the tour's greatest prize, the Holy Grail, as Biffin said in his GQ ma- uh, magazine interview, it's it's the one you want to win. It's the one that you remember. It's the one they remember. Johnny Codd, what, what fucking playing? Where'd you start, really? You know, he started off, I was looking at his scorecard, he started off with a six at the first, which was a blob on his handicap. 
And then from there, he just didn't look back. You know, he just had it. You know, he played out the, his front nine, and he was consistent, and he was up there, and he was hovering. And then his back nine, he just, he just, I think he shot one under Gross back nine, and uh, some cheeky holes there, you know. And he just showed his quality, really. He showed his, his, you know. I think there was a lot of talk, and from me as well. You know, I played with him at the pres- uh, the Travellers last year, and we were partners. And mentally, I saw, I thought I saw a few holes in his game. I thought, well, he's got all the shots, he's got the power, he's got the finesse, he's got all the cute shots around the green. He's a good putter. I thought, thought I saw some holes in his game. And then mentally, you know, got a bit frustrated, threatened to walk in. Shows what I fucking know. He. Um, one under gross back nine invitational uh, a tricky course with shit greens you know difficult fairways i think it shows you the metal of the man um just a just a special win i think you know i said at the presentation if i couldn't win and my dad can't win then probably johnny would be the next person well he would be the next person i'd want to win he's uh he's just a lovely bloke i've only known him four years but he just you know he's one of my best mates he's uh He's a lovely, he's a lovely, he's a gentleman, you know, he's a good guy. And uh, it was nice to see, you know, it was nice to see him win. It's nice, I know how much it meant to him, you know, I could see it when I presented the trophy. Um, just a special, special day, really. You know, I look at the Invitational and I'm always hoping, you know, if I'm always hoping a good winner wins. And that's no offence to when we've had surprise winners, but I don't know, I was, if you, I was more happy for him winning than probably if I won. Because I know how much it meant to him. I, you know, I could see how delighted he was. He was just, he was emotional afterwards, you know. He, he looked like he was close to tears. And that's how much it means. Um, he's worked hard. He's been on tour since 2016. And he's just been so consistent, Johnny, over the last few years. He literally has been so consistent. I, I was looking at a stat before start of the year and I can't remember what the stat is so I'm not going to try and guess it and get it wrong but the amount of top 10s he's had at majors consecutive back to back to back to back to back to back to back it's astounding it's it's you know he's he's got to use this as a springboard now he can't just be satisfied with the one major win he's too too talented a player he's got to look higher than that he's won the invitational he's won the biggest one um, he's now got to look forward he's now got to say What's next? He's now got to say, playoffs at my home, my home track. Why not? You know, he's. I don't think it's going to help going into the playoffs. He hasn't got a driver. There was reports that Adam Hunt did run over his driver and snapped it. So, and he's just brought it. So that's that's costly for dog. But these things happen, and that's waff. Um, but yeah, just. In conclusion, just such a special win at a special place for Johnny. You know, his first major championship won at Isla Purbeck. You know, getting the, tr- the trophy on the patio with the beautiful view of Sandbanks and Pearl Harbor and just a stunning setting. You know, aesthetically, you, you couldn't ask for much more, really. It's um, just, just pleased that next year I get to inscribe and get to engrave Johnny's name on that famous trophy. He's. Uh, I know he'd be a great champion, and uh, I just couldn't be more happy. So, um, yeah, on the whole, Invitational was a long day, you know. It was a really long day. 
when I got home, I was fucking tired. But it was worth it. It was worth all the stress, worth all the, you know, all week checking the weather forecast because there was going to be thunderstorms and then stressing about whether or not the, it's going to get cooled off. And it was a lot of stress. But, you know, people turning up late, people getting stuck in traffic, people having to get the ferry. But all in all, it was a successful day. It was a fun day. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed everyone's company. I thought everyone's great spirits. And that's exactly how we want the BGA Tour to be, you know. Everyone had a laugh. Everyone enjoyed it. Everyone played hard. Everyone wanted to win, you know. And that's all I can ask. All I can ask. But ultimately, when it all came down to it, there was only one man. And that man was Johnny Codd. 2020 Invitational Champion. We'll see you at the playoffs. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye.